Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yeah, sure, old time hockey. Like it is sure. Yeah, yeah. Hello, Boston Bruins fans. I'm Kurt Schmid, and you're listening to Believe in Boston Bruins on the Believe Podcast Network. We believe in Boston Bruins. Do you believe? On this week's episode, Tuca signs a PTO with Providence, and the Bees finally get some secondary scoring. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on all your favorite directories. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Tuca Rask is finally going to be playing some games. He signed a PTO with the Providence Bruins last week, and he was scheduled to play this past weekend, but those games were postponed because of uh, some COVID-related issues with uh, Lehigh Valley. Um, so it looks like he might get uh, might get a start this coming weekend. It's either going to be against Hartford or Bridgeport. And I really don't see him starting both games since they're both back-to-back games. So this is a good thing for Tuca. You know, he's back on the he's been back on the ice uh, practicing with the Bruins and now he's going to get a chance to start in some games. Now, I don't know what the game plan is for him. You know, I don't know if he's going to play a full game, you know, or he's going to play like maybe like a period or half the or you know or even two periods. So who knows what's going to happen once um once he starts playing. You know, one thing's for sure, he's probably going to be back in a um, Boston Bruins uniform uh, in the coming weeks. I mean, I wouldn't expect him to play, like, these two games this weekend and have a contract signed and him playing for the Boston Bruins for for at least a couple of weeks. You know, and now he's still a—think about it, though. He's still a free agent. This doesn't mean that he'll sign with Boston, but we all know he's going to be signing with the Bruins at some point. But when when he signs, we don't know. Maybe it could be – we could possibly see him probably sign with the Bees probably for games in February. And we still don't know about games being made up as part of the um, what would have been the Olympic break. So we don't know about that. But I do think, though, that he will probably start playing – start playing – he will sign with Boston – and he'll end up start probably starting to play some games probably in February, which is fine by me. I mean, that's basically you're looking at a stretch run right there. You are looking at the a stretch run towards the playoffs, and what better time to get Tuka Rask in net is right that right then and there. Now the big question is the result of his surgery. Is he going to be in top form like he was in past seasons? Or was this surgery just a simple band-aid to get him through another two or three seasons? We really don't know. So, you know, the guy's probably got a bionic hip right right about now. So who knows what we can what we can expect from him. But I think it's gonna be good to have him back in the lineup. You have that veteran goaltender that you need. I'm not saying that Swayman and and Olmark have been that bad. But I think the Bruins are actually are going to need somebody like Tuka Rask to actually, you know, help them make the playoffs. Because right now, this if this is a this is a wild card team, right now, you put Tuka Rask in, maybe, 
maybe you have a chance at getting the top, you know, getting a top three, uh, top three position in the division, which is a good thing. You know, you're not battling other teams for a for a wild card spot because that right now is wide open, and I'll get to that later. But when it comes to Swayman and, and the Swayman and Allmark situation, you know, it's it's kind of it's it's. You know the Bruins are in a in a weird place. Now Allmark has a big contract with a no movement clause, so that leaves Swayman going to Providence. All right. Now Swayman should just go down there, get more starts, and get a chance to make the playoffs, play in the playoffs, and get some you know playoff hockey under his belt. Because we all know that if the bees make the playoffs. It'll be Rask between the pipes. We know that. I don't even think... You may see Allmark a little bit, but we all know that it's going to be Tuka... It's Tuka Rask's net when he comes back. It's his net. All right? So, you know, your guess is as good as mine. But maybe maybe the Bruins can move Allmark at the deadline. Now, he's going to have to waive his new no-trade clause, you know, his no-movement clause or no-trade clause, whatever the hell you want to call it. But I don't think that would be a problem. If there was a really decent deal on the table for the Bruins and in for him, then I think I think it wouldn't be a problem. I mean, you still have his contract to think about. You know, is, is there a team out there that has enough cap space for him? I mean, you know, I've seen trade talks of, of him and DeBrusque going to Edmonton, but... You really can't believe what you read on the internet these days. Believe me. And the only thing the the only thing I see happening right now is that the only situation good situation here is, you know, just keep him up. Him have him and Rask be the number the top two goalies in the t- on the team, and send Swayman to Providence. All Mark has better been playing better lately. Saturday night to me was his best game of the season. I mean, you're up against the Tampa Bay Lightning and you had a and you had a pretty decent game. So maybe it's a good thing that they keep him around. I mean, we don't know about Tuka's situation. We don't know what kind of a contract he's going to sign. You know, what would the contract length the length of the contract be? All right? If it's a one or two year deal, I would keep Allmark and have Swayman stay in Providence until Tuka's contract is up. And the other thing is you got to think about Tuka's performance. You know, if he goes out and signs a two a two or three year deal, and this two or three year deal, you know, in this two or two or three year deal or one year deal or whatever deal he has, and he plays, you know, poorly, then you know, then the Bruins, you know, actually make out in this situation. You know, a one-year deal, I mean, a one-year deal isn't much, you know, as far as, you know, wondering what Tuca could, could could do. I mean, you could, you know, have this, you know, he could have this one-year deal and he can end up, you know, sucking, you know, from February all the way on and choking like a lot of, like a lot of Bruins fans thinks he does, which he doesn't. 
But maybe after a one-year deal, the Bruins say, you know what, we don't need you because you ha- you're you not the Bruin, you're not the Tuca we had, you know, in the beginning of your career. Same thing with a two or three year. You know, maybe maybe year one, he plays great. Year two, he plays great. Maybe year three, he, he sucks. So right now, that's a, it's a decent situation for the Bruins. You know, and Allmark's playing pretty decent. So it, it would it would be smart for them to just go and do, you know, have Tuca be your number one guy like he's been the past 10 seasons and then have Allmark be the backup and he's been playing great right now. The thing is, I don't want this to turn out bad between the Bruins and Swayman. Sweeney, Sweeney and Neely need to sit down and talk to Swayman and assure him that he's the future of this organization and to be patient. I mean... The kid knew what the plan was before the season even started. He knew once Tuca came back, he was going to be heading to Providence. And and it's going to be better for everyone in this situation. I mean, he's already proven he can play at the NHL level. And he's going to get way more opportunities, you know, in the future. You know, depending on what kind of a deal, you know, this all comes down to the type of contract Tuca has. Is it going to be a one-year? Is it going to be two? Is it going to be three? I don't see anything more than a three-year deal. So I see maybe, maybe, you know, maybe Swayman stays, you know, in Providence for the next two years. Maybe the Bruins move Olmark in two years. We don't know what's going to happen with that situation. And to be honest, I'm glad that they're in this situation of having three goaltenders and being in this situation. Because in the past, you know, in the past, and I'm not talking, you know, the Tuca, the Tuca time, you know, Tuca's time here in Boston. I'm not talking about, you know, you know, even even going back to Tim Thomas. All right. They really haven't had any goaltending issues or, or you know, in a long time. I mean, if you think about any goaltending issues, you got to go way back to the days of John Graham and John Blue. Um, I believe Blaine Locker in there. You know, heck, you can even probably even you can even probably throw in Byron Defoe in there, probably, or even even Jim Carrey, not the com, not the comic or movie star. All right, I'm talking about the net detective, which is what I believe they used to call him back in the day. But yeah, we the Bruins haven't been back to that situation in a long time. If you think about the goaltending, and that's good. You know, when you when you're having the revolving door of goaltenders, you know, for like three or four seasons, you don't know who's coming in. John Casey, you know, you don't know. You know, it's great to have the Bruins actually have guys who have been there. I mean, for like the last couple of seasons, it was Rask and it was Halak. You know who was there. You know now it's like now you you're going to have Rask, you're going to have Allmark, and you're going to have Swayman. I mean that's a good situation to have. I mean, you know if Allmark goes down with an injury or if Rask re-injures his his surgically repaired hip, you know then Swayman's back up here again. So the one thing though I don't want to happen is I don't want. Swayman to end up in a situation where where he's going to ask for a trade like the Brusque and Senishin. Because to be honest, I don't even want there are, I know DeBrusque has picked up his game 
ever since asking for a trade, he's played really well. So maybe maybe the Bruins might be able to get something for him other than a draft pick. Maybe, you know, maybe a maybe another player in return. But for for Zach Senishin, I have no clue. I mean, DeBrusque is on pro, uh, COVID protocol right now. We really don't know about his situation till he comes off of it. I mean, he could be in the lineup tonight against Washington. We really don't know. So probably I would expect something to happen between probably between now and the deadline. Or maybe maybe DeBrusque is moved on on the, at the deadline. We don't know. We don't know about that. You know, is there is there I mean, every single day you're reading that there's a deal in place for DeBrusque and yet nothing is happening. Of course, he's on COVID protocols, so probably that's probably been pushed back until he's cleared to play, but still. You know, I want I want that situation done and over with cuz I don't know about you guys, but I'm I'm kind of, you know, sick and tired of this guy producing for our team, which is a good thing. It's a good thing because it'll up his 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 trade his his um, trade status. So maybe going maybe him playing actually playing some games and playing really good right now is helping out the Bruins by saying, "Hey, listen, he's been playing great right now. You know what? We don't want a draft pick. We want a player instead." So maybe maybe that's a good thing. Now I have no clue what's going to go on with Senishin. I don't know what you can get for him at this time. You're not going to get another player in return. If you do, it's just going to be another AHL depth depth player. That's it. That's all you're going to get. So what does Sweeney do? Well, he's better off getting a draft pick. Maybe maybe a third or fourth round pick. You're not going to get a second round pick. That's for sure. And I know that he probably won't get called up anytime soon. I mean, why would you want to call up a guy who do, who just wants to be out of town? You know, I admit that he hasn't gotten the opportunities. But still, you know, take your time, you know, play out your contract. How about this? How about you play out your contract and you go somewhere else? You know, just play out your damn contract. You know, you know, he's got a couple of looks. You know, he's been up, he's been up a few times and basically he hasn't he hasn't shown the guys in the front office that he's NHL caliber. I mean, who knows? Maybe in a couple of years he's going to be playing over in Europe. We don't know. But right now, you're getting you're getting a late you're getting a third or fourth round pick. And I'm being generous here. I mean, the guy the <laughs> The guy probably the Bruins Bruins will probably get him for a you know probably you know trade him for a th- fifth round pick. But yeah, he's not going to get called up. No way. One, he asked for one, he isn't any good. He's had his chances. And two, he asked for a trade. He doesn't want to it proves to me that he doesn't want to be in Boston. So therefore, don't call him up. You know, I I know for sure he's not going to get called up anytime soon because this team is starting to play decent hockey. Unless there's injuries, then he'll get called up or something. But, you know, there's other guys on the depth chart. You know, Stanika's had, you know, Stanika's been up and down. But I think they found secondary scoring since switching up the two lines. Oscar Steen has played great with Charlie Coyle and Nick Foligno. 
since being recalled from the Providence Bruins. And I think he should stay up here for the rest of the season and play on that line. Now, Nick Foligno might be missing a few games since he got injured on Saturday night against Tampa. So who knows? We may we may actually see Jake DeBrusque play tonight on that third line. But I've been impressed by Oscar Steen. And, you know, to be honest, on the depth chart now, he's the top guy. You know, I know everybody was talking. I know I was talking about Stanika being, being the next guy to be, you know, come up from Providence and stay stay in Boston. But I think it's it I think definitely now with his play, it's Oscar Steen. I mean, even Anton Blee has has played well the past few games. Now I know I hated on the kid the beginning of the season, but I'm really starting to like his style of play. I mean, he's a physical player. He grinds in the corners. And with him and and Trent Frederick down there, I think they got a pretty decent grinding a grinding line, grinding fourth line out there. Now, the schedule in the first three months of the season really screwed up the Bees. Playing once a week, you know, didn't help the team's chemistry. And with this team playing more games now, you know, two game, you know, a game every other night, they're going to build better team chemistry and the lines are going to start producing again, which is good. All right. This is, it all comes down to the, the, I think the big thing for this team right now was switching up the lines. Getting balanced scoring. I mean, Marshawn and Bergeron, you're never going to split those two guys up. You might as well put somebody on the, you know, who's going to put next to him? You put Smith out there, and Smith is probably, whoever you, whoever, to me, whoever you put on the right side of that line is going to, is going to actually produce some, produce some points. You know, the same thing, the same thing with the second, same thing with the second line. Maybe having Pasta and Hall down there together might might work out. You have Halla down there. Who who was actually going to be the number two? He was actually going to be the number two center at one point before everybody got on the Charlie Coyle bandwagon. So now you actually have, you know, three. You actually have three capable scoring three capable scoring lines. Because, you know, Charlie Coyle, you know, to me, you know, is a decent center. But he's back where he should be, a third-line center. You know, if he could start scoring, you know, Nick Foligno finally finally got on the board a couple of games ago. So maybe maybe it's time that this, maybe now late, late in the season that they're going to be play, playing more games. It's going to help the team. And if Tuca comes back and plays like the elite goaltender he is, this team could poss- possibly be looking at a top three in the division. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, if when the season first started, and I was looking at this team, I'm like, there's no way this team's going to be in a wild card spot. There's no way this team is going to actually, you know, make the playoffs. Now I'm starting to think that they could be a top three team if everything comes together. I mean, if they start playing like they've been playing the last couple of games, I don't know. I think they might be the hottest team in the NHL going going into the the stretch run. You know, the big thing from that for them right now is poss- is staying healthy. You know, you can't have any injuries. I mean, I know that um, Charlie McAvoy missed some missed some time missed um, Saturday's game. You know, the other thing is COVID protocols. You know. 
we can't guarantee that, you know, more players will, you know, be put on protocol again. You know, guys are going to miss. Here's the thing. Guys are going to miss time because of COVID. All right. End of story. I mean, how many times in the play, in the past have guys missed missed games? You know, have been scratched from the lineup because they've had they've had the flu. You know, if a flu bug, it's almost like you know you almost think about it. You want to you know, it's almost like the flu going through the team, and guys are going to miss games. All right, Gary, that's going to be that's basically going to be what it's going. To, that's what it's going to be from now until whenever that guys are going to get get covid or the flu and they're going to have to sit out a game because they're not feeling well. You know, nobody 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 wants to put a guy in the lineup who's not feeling well, who's probably going to puke, you know, after, you know, after about a minute on the a minute into his shift. So but I have a feeling that this team is really going to start making some noise for the be- you know, starting now since they're going to be playing a lot more games, a lot more team chemistry. And, you know, I think that these guys actually could have a shot at one of the top three spots in the division. Now, looking at the looking at the standings here, um, right now in the, in the, uh, oh, wow. No, we're going to take a look at the player stats right now. We'll look at the player stats. And right now, it's Brad Marchand leading the way with 14 goals, 19 assists, and 33 points. That's pretty That's pretty accurate right now. Well, that's not really... I wouldn't say that's... Normally, by now, I would have expected him to at least have 20 goals. Same thing for David Pasternak. David Pasternak has 11 goals. I would have expected him to at least surpass 20 by now. I mean, he's played 30 games. I would have expected him to have at least 20. But hopefully things will start to pick up and this team will start to um this team this team will start to get going. And maybe with the new lineup changes, maybe Pasternak starts starts producing a lot more. I mean, he 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 had pretty decent game on Saturday, so did Marshawn. You know, other other players, you know, of course Bergeron is up there. You know, you got Taylor Hall in there who's, I don't know. I, I want to say that Taylor Hall, seven goals and 13 assists, that's kind of underachieving right now. Probably because he hasn't had a decent center. Maybe if David Krejci hadn't gone and, you know, gone over to Europe being an idiot and would have actually given this a chance. I mean, he finally gets, the guy finally gets a decent winger and yet he leaves. I don't understand that. And you know what? Those of you who are like, oh, well, he's going to come back. He's going to come. David Krejci is not coming back. And I believe if he does come back, he has to pass through waivers in order to come back. So who knows what's happening with that? Who knows what's going to happen there? But Taylor Hall, it's probably got something to do with his line mates. Maybe if he, maybe if he had Krejci here, he wouldn't have seven goals. Maybe he would have 15. Maybe he would have 20. Who knows? It all depends on, on the line mate. Maybe with Pasternak, those those goals go up. I mean, you know, if Pasternak and Taylor Hall stay on the same line together for the rest of the season, maybe Hall does hit 20. Maybe Pasternak hits hits 25-30. I don't see Pasternak, you know, netting, you know, close to 50 goals like he did, you know, when everything was like locked down. I don't see that happening. 
you know, this season. As a matter of fact, I don't think he'll ever get to that. I don't ever think he'll get to that point again. You know, maybe he'll get 40. I don't ever see him getting close to 50 ever again. Unless, you know, you know, Marshawn, and, unless he's teamed back up again with, with Bergeron and Marshawn. Because he's not getting 50 goals playing with Taylor Hall and Eric Halla. He's not. I mean, I don't. I do. I just. I just don't see it. I don't see it. Now, Jake DeBrusque has you know, Mister Trade Trade me Trade me right now. Uh, Jake Trade me right now. DeBrusque is uh, has five goals and four four assists with nine points. He's a minus three. You know, to be honest, I don't know if that's you know worthy of a player, you know, straight up for another player, but still. Uh, other guys, Craig, Craig Smith, Craig Smith needs to, you know, now that he's got three goals, six assists for nine points. He's a minus four. Maybe playing with Bergeron and Marshawn, his, his goals are going to go, maybe his goals go up. I'm hoping maybe t- he's got three now. Maybe he can add 10 and get 13. I don't know. It's going to be, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, Whose numbers really go up now that they now that they've um, now that they've uh, done the um, the whole lineup change? I mean Trent Frederick. I mean he. I look at Trent Frederick. He's a little bit of a disappointment. He only has two goals and three assists. You know, but he's more he's more of a he's more of that you know grinding mentality. You know, on the fourth line. Same with Anton Blee. You know. He's he's one of those grinders. So, you know, those fourth line guys, you know, if they're getting fourth line minutes, they're not going to score a lot of goals, but they're still going to they're still going to contribute to this team. Now, you know, as far as, you know, other guys on the team, Nick Felino finally scored his first goal. You know, do I I don't know. Jury's still out on Nick Felino. You know, unless he can like really start putting up the points. You know, I don't. I think he's just another another roster another a roster filler right here right now. I mean, he is injured, so we don't know when he's coming back. But still, he's still another roster still another roster you know filler right now until they find somebody to take his place. You know, Zaboral. You know, other guys down 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 there are like, you know, just throwaway guys. But. You know, it's nice to see guys that are going to start producing. And like I said, you know, maybe Hall and Pasternak find some team chemistry and their and their goals go up. You know, Taylor Hall, maybe 20 goals. Pasternak, maybe 30. I don't know. You know, it's tough to say right now. But hopefully by the time we get to the end of the season, we're going to be, you know, those guys will have, you know, more than at least 20 goals, 20 goal seasons. Now switching over to the goaltenders, Swayman has played in 16 games. He has um, he has a win, eight wins, six losses, two two OT losses, uh, goals against average of 2.26. His save percentage is 0.18 with one shutout. And Allmark is one game behind him. Now Allmark has a you know played 15 games. He's got a record of 10 and five, which is really good. Uh, so 2.54 goals against average and a, another 0.918 save percentage with no shutouts. So I would say the goaltending for, for the two kids is kind of even, you know, 
Olmark does have the better record. So, and Swayman at eight and six, I mean, he's not he's not setting the world on fire with that record. I mean, if Swayman was ten and five, I would actually say, you know what, maybe maybe we move. You know, looking at those numbers, I'm saying to myself, why don't we move move, you know, Olmark? But since Swayman is like hovering, I mean, he's two losses away from five hundred. I would have to say that maybe maybe it, it's time for Swayman to go down to the minor, you know, go down to Providence and keep Allmark up, keep him up. So it's going to be, it's going to be that, you know, you know, what do we do kind of thing? Cause you look at the numbers, the numbers are about, they're about even they're, they're close to even. I mean, in games played, you know, goals against average, save percentage. The only thing is the win loss record. And that could depend on, you know, anything, you know, one goal games, you know, or, you know, that's what it comes down to usually is a one goal game, you know, a one goal game or, you know, or you get shelled one night. So right now, looking at the stats, I'd have to say Allmark stays and Swayman goes to Providence. Simple as that. Now going over to the Providence Bruins, um, now I'm not really that highly impressed with with the the way the things are going down in Providence. I mean, we bear there's not a 10 goal scorer on the team. Nobody has more than 10 goals. Only Brady Lyle and Zach Senishin are close. No, I've got to say As- Samuel Asselin. Asselin is close to 10 goals. He has 8 goals and 8 assists. Oh, wait a minute. Wow. Here, let's move it up here. Let's see. That'll help. Right there. Okay. All right. That's a lot better. Robert Lantosi uh, has nine goals. Uh, Samuel Aslin ha- or Aslin eh, has eight. Brady Lyle has seven, and Zach Senishin has seven. So, guy, there aren't a lot of guys with like close. I mean, there's one or two guys that that are like close enough to get ten goals. So, I'm not really jumping out at this Providence team saying, "All right, who's who's the guy who's going to get called up." You know, who's getting called up next? You know, nobody's really standing out. I mean, the only person that would probably, I mean, Oscar, well, we all know Oscar Steen is already up. You know, not a lot of, not a lot of guys are getting, are getting called up here. I don't see a lot of them. I don't see a lot of them getting, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, I really don't see a lot of them getting called up to the Providence Bruins. And, you know, what the what they're not... Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. All right. I was looking at the wrong... I was looking at the wrong schedule. I was looking at the wrong season. All right. Oscar Steen... All right. Now we have to... We have, I have to correct myself here. Oscar Steen has 10... Does have 10 goals and 10 assists on the season. All right. So... Um, everything looks, everything looks de- you know, guys are, I mean, guys are producing down there, probably not to the level I would have thought. All right. I would have expected a guy, some guys in there with 15 goals, 20 goals, or even, you know, not even, well, not 20, but at least 15, I would say at least 15 goals, you know, on the season. And right now, Oscar Steen, who was up in Providence, who was up in, who was up in Boston, was at the time of his recall was leading the team in um 
in points with uh, 20 points. So, you know, just by looking at this, it's, it's, you know, there's not, there's not a lot of guys. Yeah. Who are playing, you know, there's not a lot of guys who are, um, you know, who are, you know, it's Providence, you know, let's, let's face it. It's Providence. It's the Providence Bruins, you know, they're, you know, they're, it's going to take some time. Of course, I believe they've, I don't think that they've missed any, any time. I don't think that they've missed any, any sort of time or anything um, as far as COVID goes. So now we're going to look at the NHL standings. Now, looking at the Atlantic Division, it's Florida. <coughs> it's Florida taking up the top spot in that division with uh, 51 points. Or actually, it's them in Tampa who are tied for, for points with 51. And you also have Toronto in there with 47. So Toronto is like what, running away with it is running away I mean those teams are running away with the division because the Bruins are coming in at 30 with 38 points followed by Detroit with 36 then there's 10 points behind um Buffalo's 10 points behind them then Ottawa and then Montreal rounding out the bottom so I don't know I've I've I'm looking at the stat I'm looking at the stats right now and I'm saying to myself maybe Boston doesn't um doesn't catch Toronto doesn't catch the top three because that's going to be a that's going to be a tough hill to climb but you know you never you can't really count them out yet I mean Toronto could basically you know you know be a sinking ship you know at some point and just just drop off you know just start losing games and the Bruins start winning games but I honestly I looking at the standings right now the Bruins basically I mean 10 points I mean can they can they make up 10 points? Yeah, they can. But as long I don't know, it's going to be a tough one. That's a tough one. So right now they're I would say that they're they're basically right now um I mean they have a chance to catch Toronto, but I doubt that they but I doubt that they will. Now, as far as looking at the wild card for the Eastern Division for the Eastern Conference, you know, you have uh, Carolina, the Rangers, and Washington in the Metropolitan. Yeah, in the Atlantic, you have Florida, Tampa Bay, and Toronto. Those guys, those guys are are in would be in right now. The top two teams for the wild card would be Pittsburgh and Boston. So, and Pittsburgh is has forty five points. The Bruins have thirty eight points. So, it looks like there could be a battle if the Bruins can't catch Toronto. It looks like there's going to be a pretty big battle between. Boston, Detroit, Columbus, and Philadelphia, and New Jersey for that second wild card spot. I don't know if they're going to be able to catch Pittsburgh, honestly. I mean, they could. I mean, they might get a chance. I mean, it's only, what, five points, six points away. Maybe they could catch Pittsburgh and for that wild card. So it looks like it looks like the Bruins might have to settle for a wild card. Looking at, you know, now looking at the, looking at the standings, I mean, they could catch Toronto. I mean, they could catch Pittsburgh, but I have a feeling it's going to come down to um, it's going to come down to Boston, Detroit, Columbus, Philly, and New Jersey for that second wild card spot. 
it looks like the Islanders might actually, you could probably say that the Islanders are basically, could be out of it too, unless they start going. But right now, it, it looks to me like the Bruins need to pick things up because, you know, there's a lot of tough teams. I mean, you can't count out New Jersey. I mean, one of the one of the dark teams, dark horses here, is going to be New Jersey. And possibly Detroit. I don't see Philly really doing much, and I don't see Columbus doing anything. But I do see Detroit, New Jersey, and I can't say, you know what, I might as well... I'm thinking I'm counting the Islanders out at this point. I got to count them out right now. At this point, I got to count them out. So, there's a look at the standings, some of the schedules or some of the uh, statistics for the Boston Bruins, for the little for the baby bees down there even though I kind of was looking at the wrong schedule, the long the wrong season. So, basically, it's it's the Bruins got to pick it now that they're playing a lot more games. Hopefully the Bruins will pick up their game. You know, maybe some of these other teams ahead of them will will start to you know sink like the Titanic, and um, or go down like the Titanic, or whatever that whatever you want to use. So, you know, they they really need to pick. They got to start picking up their game, and these teams got to start losing if they want to make at least a wild card. This show is available for all, this show is available on all your favorite streaming platforms iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. And you can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Now, if you're interested in advertising on this show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. And if you are interested, if you want to drop me a line, if you want to send me a message, you can go to the Believe in Boston Bruins uh, Facebook page. So thanks for listening. Have a great week. And go Bruins. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.